where the mysteries of Gravity Falls creep into the non-animated world. This is the Gravity Bros podcast with the angelic voice of Alakester, one of the two Gravity Bros, the other of the two Gravity Bros being the man across from me. That is my brother Blue. Hey everyone. I- oh god. Oh god. <clears throat> That's my uh I'm the angelic voice. That was me. Yeah, I was just setting you up. Did you like yeah. the setup? Yeah, Good. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Lucas, I have a feeling that the Gravity Falls episode that we are going to be talking about today is... <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I was going to say one of your least favorites for reasons that I think will be obvious as soon as we start. But yes, I have... I, then I, I, wrote, I, wrote, I wrote my notes in all caps. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, I... <laughs> I don't really have any kind of a cute intro here. I just really am interested in getting into this episode, this being season two, episode two of Gravity Falls, Into the Bunker. Yes. So. Man, everything about this episode could have been so amazing. (laughs) I think a lot of it is. Half of this this review is going to be partially very joking because the reason I'm joking is because it focuses so heavily on the Dipper and Wendy plotline. And obviously yeah. I'm not a fan of that. But I do mean that outside of that, this actually is a very good episode. And I still do hate that, though. <laughs> sure. Well, so so let's set the table then, right? Th- this is yeah. a Dipper Wendy episode, which historically uh, you hated. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say that you always hate Dipper Wendy episodes, but you always hate the plot line. Now, True. I will give you this, though. To skip straight ahead, this is... I believe the last Dipper and Wendy episode, or at least it's resolved that way. And I think the reason is that season yes. two is trying to be more serious and go forward with the plot. And they had to, they had to resolve this. So they did. And they did it early into season two. And that's good, right? Yes, I agree. I think that is a good point. However, <laughs> I have other thoughts too, but we'll, Great. well, I want, I do want to start with that kind of fresh intro because, uh, with any any reference to that uh me tv style tv network that's got like endless monster movies that are kind of bad on replay i always love a reference to something like that yeah so we we get started here we're actually seeing wendy's house uh and, and just throwing it out there that i like the artistic choice to show us what her house would look like i don't think we see it ever again in the series but they drew it and it gave I, us i think labor we, we get cutaways to her family sometimes we might That's see it true. in those every once in a while but yeah i agree i thought that was a sick design yeah and to your point uh inside they're watching this zombie movie nearly almost dead but not quite uh another so one obviously of- yeah that's so funny that's just so funny <laughs> yeah you know gravity falls once again giving us a great movie that exists within its universe and spoiler alert for the cold uh not the cold open the end credit scene for later we get a bunch more of those so we'll yeah. get there yeah uh two notes on this one um that i i know where reference is obviously it's a play on the black and white night of the living dead the original zombie movie um and the reason that we know that partially is because of the style but also because the woman's name is sandra which is like almost barbara which is the name of the original uh female lead okay we're stopping down sandra and barbara do you think those are similar names yeah yeah Sandra. i don't know if it's similar enough if they're both two syllables and end with the same phonetic word or phonetic okay i guess so i (laughs) 
Well, I, I'm gonna need the people who uh, participate in the Gravity Bros Discord channel, which you can find in our description. No, tell there, me there's if no Barbara way. There's no Sandra way. Are... There's no I'm way not they're saying actively it's... referencing Night of the Living Dead, and it's not. That There's I, no I'm way just... that's a coincidence. I'm just saying, of all of the references that I could have pulled, having the two names be Sandra and Barbara aren't necessarily, like, the immediate thing that I go to. I'm like, oh yeah, that's Night of the well, Living Dead. That's because you don't know about, like, horror movie culture. Like, Sandra, like, they're, or they're coming to get you, Barbara. Like, that's iconic. Like, anyone who's into horror movies, that's, like, the first line that comes to your head. Sure. Now, do you remember if they said Sandra or Sandra? Because the pronunciation maybe makes a difference in how... Oh my god, I'm a white! That's what we're getting for the audience. <laughs> like, if I have I'm no idea! I truly don't! All right, I don't even I'm remember saying... how it's in the original if it's Barbara or Barbara. I, I, I just was surprised to start our discussion of the cold open with you saying that Barbara and Sandra are similar names. Okay, well, this is an even way more out there uh, reference because I think the line, ah, my face is getting eaten a lot, is a reference to Trolls 2. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, they're I... eating her, and then they're gonna eat me. Oh, my gosh. Actual line. That's Hold from, on. That's an iconic and terrible movie. We're not talking about the CGI Trolls movie franchise for no. children. No, 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 no. Horror movie culture. Okay, so there's a horror movie called You've Trolls. You've never heard of Trolls 2? I've heard of Trolls World Tour. Oh my goodness. Trolls 2 is like one of the worst, like one of those notoriously bad, bad movies. Cool. Well, you know what? I'll take your word for it. Regardless, uh, I promised you these were references. <laughs> I no problem. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, Dipper and Wendy aren't that concerned because at this point, once they faced real zombies, I guess I can't be afraid of a horror movie anymore. Which, you know, I think that's pretty fair. I wonder why that's uh, hor why horror movies are getting more intense nowadays. People feel like uh, they they've they're not intimidated by this old stuff because they've seen it before. Yeah, I mean, I think that horror is one of those things where, like, unfortunately, along with a lot of things in the nature of capitalism, it's just going to get pushed to its most gratuitous because people get desensitized the more they watch it. Yeah, man. That's sad, isn't it? Ah, it is what it is. I'll, I'll take an old B-movie every day, you know? I, and I think Me that too. the the allusions to the fun B-movies that just have, like, ridiculous titles, I'm like, man, if I'm sitting down to have fun watching a movie... B-movies are great, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I think there is still good middle-of-the-road, like, horror movies. I don't think all of them go, like, way too hard. Like, I remember seeing, um... You know, you might think of that as actually a very scary movie. I was gonna say The Conjuring. The Conjuring? See, just the like name the itself lets me know that it's gonna be scary. It was pretty scary, I guess. Well, one like person who was trying to conjure Wendy would be Robbie, who is texting him, texting her during this scene. And Wendy I'll, I'll is it. like, oh my gosh, he will not stop texting me. Um, and Dipper's like, oh, well, how's that whole thing going? Um, maybe you and I could uh, sort of do a thing. And, so you know. this is when the all caps note started very early into the episode. We have not hit the theme song yet, just so everyone knows. That's true. <laughs> yeah, no, this is all, yeah, this is all pre-theme song. I literally wrote, literally not Dipper trying to ask out Wendy at the start. 
Yeah, and he doesn't. He backs out, which we'll talk about this later. I still yeah. think it's a good call. I, I, I have <laughs> thoughts about this. I have lots of thoughts about Mabel in particular, but please continue. Oh boy, yes. Uh, stick around, everyone. So, uh, he instead decides to ask if she wants to join him and Mabel on a mystery hunt. Uh, and he sort of sadly moves off into the theme song as he sort of realizes we'll only be friends, or at least that's sort of what they would have us believe. Obviously, he doesn't believe that. Obviously, we wouldn't be talking about this if it wasn't going to be part of the episode. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> I'm comfortable skipping ahead into the next section, are you? Yep, let's go. So, construction's happening at the Mystery Shack. A worker comes up to Grunkle Stan asking what caused all the damage, and he says... pays him off? Yeah! He's like, oh, woodpecker, and just gives him money to believe it. Uh, And he's he's like, I'm winking under my eye patch, which is covering his eye at the moment. He could have just... I guess it would have looked like a blink. This is the... Yeah, this is the only Grunkle Stan moment of the whole episode, I believe, and it's just him bribing a construction worker to something the construction worker probably didn't care about in the first place. Yeah, they're like, yeah, I'll take your money and say that. That's fine. (laughs) Sure. Also, it's kind of our way of showing, hey, the Mystery Shack area is being repaired, and I'm assuming that when we get to the next episode, then we can explain how that happened. Yes, indeed. Um, Good way to introduce the plot. Yeah, and Stan is not part of this, but Dipper... Mabel and Seuss very much are, and they are standing in the vicinity. Uh, Dipper is rallying Mabel and Seuss because he's trying to answer the biggest mystery of Gravity Falls, which, of course, is who wrote Journal 3. 30 years ago, they finished. Yeah. 30 years ago, they vanished. Was it 30? It was really, I forgot about that. I didn't know the number. That's a long time. It is a long time. I I was (laughs) almost surprised when I heard it, too, uh, because it doesn't feel like 30 is correct but it makes sense i mean grunkle stan is old so yeah yeah i mean there there are definitely things about uh there were definitely things about this episode that i completely forgot that we'll get into sure And, and the root of dipper's adventure is a tree a tree that they are standing in front of and because of the black light that was discovered in the last episode he realizes that a lot of the pages in journal three have some secret messages on them one of which is in fact this tree and it sort of shows this uh secret passage looking thing or it shows that there's a bigger secret to the tree than may be believed now i love this because this definitely even me re-watching this having seen the show before it's leading the audience to think that there's a chance that this is the bunker that we've been seeing Grunkle go down to all through season one, right? Oh, huh. Um, I guess maybe, because you don't necessarily know if it's... Well, here's the How thing. That's not the first thing that your brain jumped to. I was literally, like, both times watching, I'm just like, oh, this has got to be, like, some transition. This has to have something to do with where Grunkle's been going. Well, you know I just I mean? know, because Grunkle Stan has been going through a vending machine in the Mystery Shack, it feels like a different location. But I could see them leading to the same place, possibly. Well, I mean, it obviously is a different location. But, like, I think it was still leading the audience to maybe think that there was a chance that's where we were going. Okay, I mean, I can kind of see that. Uh, ultimately, as you said, it's not. Um, and we learn that quickly because Wendy does show up. And immediately goes into action, and I actually think a really cool way. Uh, so one of my biggest notes of this episode is like Wendy is a great character. <laughs> I like Wendy. Is. Yeah, like I don't have 
I, I'm going to backtrack on this just a little bit at the very end, but I, until like the last minute of the episode, I didn't have any problems with Wendy really. Um, actually, I would say that she had an excessively badass showcase that was like, this person is super competent in a complex character that I'm interested to know more about her family dynamic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. I, I immediately thought to myself, man, we've kind of been missing out on seeing Wendy be part of more of these adventures. And she yeah. expresses to Dipper, hey, I've been like really excited to go on one of these with you guys. Like, thank you for the invite. And she totally like kind of uses her belt to go up to this suspicious looking branch, pulls the branch. And next thing you know, the secret compartment is open and they have a secret spiral staircase leading down into some mystery. Yup. Which it was also a very creative scene too. I think that the way that they're playing with like, you know, the the context of the show that they've created on all of this mystery, they're the imaginativeness. Imaginativeness? Is that word? Is that word? Maybe. Imagination. I'll take it. The imaginativeness of um, you know, how that whole thing is designed in the journal leading them there and stuff. It's excessively creative. And I think that it makes it really fun for people watching. Sure, this captured my imagination as an adult when I watched it for the first time. And I can only imagine being a kid watching this yeah. and being like, wow, a secret spiral staircase. This is so cool. See, uh, when I was a teenage high kid, it did a lot. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> can't take you anywhere. <laughs> I was uh, actually the way, over 18. It's an important distinction. That, that reminds me, try not to swear in this episode. It's so much work for me to go in and have to put little bleeps in. Okay, uh, I'm Don't definitely you even... gonna, there's a few in here that I was preparing to swear for, so. Goodness, I could not possibly gloss over the fact that Mabel starts giving Dipper a hard time about the fact that Wendy is here. Uh, this is prior to her kind of getting into the secret passage, right? And that does sort of set up this narrative at the very beginning that Mabel is going to try to go out of her way to get Dipper to tell his truth to wendy i literally wrote <laughs> okay fine i will i won't swear but <laughs> i wrote some very unkind things about what i wanted to do to myself after having heard that <laughs> oh goodness so is your issue that i i, I actually my think issue we... is i wanted this story dead last season even though you're setting it up you're still being like hey mabel just push dipper into confessing his love and let's just keep talking about it let's make the whole plot of the episode this and i'm like mabel shut the front door i hate you stop existing for an episode shut up i was so mad i'm like mabel you are the worst person do not encourage people to make these decisions though i did hear a streamer say the other day that if you're gonna have a moment like this it is better to have it young you know what i mean like, it's better to have this moment and, and have an awkward experience when you're, like, 12 than, like, be, like, 20 and be doing something like this. You know what I mean? Sure. And what's interesting to me is that I do think that as the audience, we are led to believe that that's the lesson. It's better to just say your piece and be able to know that you did it and not live with having not tried. And you know what? I think that's super inconsiderate for the other person in the, in the situation. I think that's a horrible message. I really do. <laughs> Yeah, okay, and let's let's put a sometimes pin in that because I you just gotta eat it. You just gotta take it to your grave sometimes. And and you know what? It's your responsibility to do that to make other people feel comfortable, in my opinion. So oh gosh. I wanted to put a pin in it, but I think that there's two mixed <laughs> things here. Um because relationships on one hand, are complicated, obviously, but like 
I think always say your piece is definitely not a good moral. Yeah, I think that it's very circumstantial. And I, yeah. I think with a circumstance like this, the big kicker is that she really is just way too old for him. So yeah, I, I don't... I, I don't know if he really had the illusion that it could work, but and maybe it gives him some peace of mind, but it does make kind of an uncomfortable situation for Wendy. I don't think it... Yeah, exactly. Like, all it does is make them uncomfortable. Nothing's going to come of it except for that. And if you really genuinely know that, all you're doing is putting a weird pressure on the person that you could be interacting with normally. When you should sure, just get I over think, it. Yeah, you know I, I mean? think that a lot of the time, that's definitely the case. But sometimes you may I not know. I think that's the case in this situation, too. <laughs> obviously well, yeah if, well even, i mean i think okay, that... well we'll get into how they respond but like sure you know i i think that uh all this episode did was say hey we shouldn't have written this in the first place i'm sorry Ooh, and in a way i do wonder if they were walking it back a little no actually i take that back i don't think i think that they are probably they not totally looking back and back. saying we shouldn't have done this because it does give dipper an opportunity to kind of in a way rebound in future episodes. So I, I want to get like way too far ahead, but we'll, yeah, we'll talk least, more about I mean, those he, when we he, get there. This does serve as a learning moment for dipper. I just don't know if I like that, that that's what it's used for. Sure. Or whether the lesson learned is necessarily the right one. So uh, yeah. let's yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll approach that. So, we get inside what appears to be a fallout shelter as Dipper, Mabel, Seuss, and Wendy go down. And uh, Wendy, like, takes the fallout shelter poster and saves it. They're all kind of screwing around. Uh, that was so I, I funny love the also. Excitement. Like, I'm putting this above my bed. I'm like, that's something I would have done. I love that. <laughs> that's so incredibly true. Actually, you have a lot of Wendy energy sometimes, to be honest. I can understand how she would be a character you'd like. I actually do really like Wendy. Wendy actually is probably a character that I would have, like, actually hung out with in college. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I totally like, believe it. She really... I did hang out with people like that. And I like to think that some of them were that smart, too. <laughs> sure. Well, Dipper thinks that down here, somebody seems to be preparing for a disaster. It definitely looks like an apocalypse hiding shelter. Uh and it's not long after that that the Wendy is able to see kind of a weird map on the wall, rip it off, and finds a secret tunnel. And again, I'm like, ugh, the imagination here. So fun. Also, Wendy literally doing everything. I like that. I really do. You know what I mean? Maybe, like, Wendy, yeah, maybe. Wendy finds everything. Wendy's got him into the tree. Wendy rips off the map. I'm like, I like this, you know? Yeah, it's like, wow, if you had invited her onto some other missions, then she actually could have been really helpful. Maybe um, she could have snapped the picture of the Loch Ness Monster when all y'all were throwing cameras in a lake. I bet for sure she would have. She would have gotten Yeah, I'll bet she would have. <laughs> I wonder if at any point the writers were like, no, we can't have Wendy here because she would actually do a good job and we can't have that. Honestly, that's probably true. Like, she's not, like, incompetent enough to be here on this journey because we need incompetence. I think that's actually yeah. possibly true. Well, sure, because from a writer perspective, having somebody like Seuss is a godsend because yeah. Seuss is a character that you can write to cause the conflict and cause everything to go wrong all the time. Um, yeah, that's true. When, Jeez, that sounds when, bad when you say it like that, though. <laughs> I love Seuss, but it's accurate, I do right? Too. And the way that Wendy causes conflict is very different. It's not from incompetence, it's from laziness. So the situations true. have to lend themselves to that. Yeah, and when she has to step it up, it, especially in this episode, it shows that she does. You know? Right. 
So we get to this weird safe with all these weird symbols on the walls and each symbol is like a cube that can sort of pop out once they step on this trap and now, triggers it from, off. From this point until the climax of the episode, I think this episode is purely excellent. I really do. Ooh. This... Even regardless of the Dipper Wendy plot? Um, yeah, because I don't think it is actually very focused on until after the climax. Sure. In, in between, like, once this point starts and until the climax, this really is mostly plot-based. Like, they still do the Dipper Mabel thing, or the Dipper uh, Wendy thing back and forth. But it's not as noticeable to me as the other things going on. You know, we're in this vault now. We're in this weird room. There's all these cool creative symbols all over the walls. Like, what on, like, I don't, I forget that the thing is even happening. Because I'm like, okay, sure, this weird dip, like, the weird plot line, whatever. This is crazy, and I am focused on this now. This has my attention. You know what I mean? You're right, and the immersion kind of starts here. So no matter what else happens, you're like, whoa, what is going on here? And what adds to it is that Dipper is able to, again, find this hidden message in Journal 3 that finds four symbols. And he's like, oh, yeah. oh man, if we press these four symbols in, maybe we can get out. And such oh a gosh. great idea. We also get one of the best lines in the show. This room is super creepy. Not as creepy as Dipper's internet history. Ayo! Got him! I'm like, in a Disney show, gross. I love it. <laughs> yeah, they uh, take a couple stabs at Dipper this episode. I guess they always do, but <laughs> I definitely noticed a few. Uh... And yeah, so Dipper's idea works and then it takes them to another room and it's the third one. It's literally, we are like in an escape room right now. Uh, and yeah. now uh, we've got like a surveillance uh, situation happening with different uh, computers. There appear to be cameras watching different things. Um, but, oh, that's but, right. No, there's one other part about the plot line that I did hate. I forgot. And I'm sure it's what I'm about to say. Is yeah, that it is. We lose focus of the surveillance room for a second because Mabel finds a note that Dipper was planning on sharing with Wendy to say that he liked her. Uh, and Mabel encourages, you should just give it to her because you'll feel better later. We don't need to spend too much time on this because we yeah, already we sort of shared our immediate it. thoughts. I think um, that's awful. It's awful. <laughs> but it does move our plot forward because when Dipper says no, Mabel forces this on him by pushing him into a closet with Wendy and closing and locking the door. Oh my God. When you say it out loud, it's even worse. And I hated it so much the first time anyway. That's yeah. so bad. Mabel. I literally was, I, 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 Almost thought about using my points to subtract from Mabel today because I thought this was such an awful thing to do. Not only as a sibling, but just as a human being. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, uh, character points are gonna be tricky here. I think the top choice is easy, know, and the right? second one is basically like spin a wheel. I I, uh, I think I, you. I'm excited for that part of the conversation because I had a very hard time picking. My reasoning is ridiculous. Okay. Uh. Well, because this situation has happened and Dipper and Wendy have been pushed into this closet together. Uh, they are able to realize that it's actually a decontamination room and they get decontaminated basically with whatever mechanism does that. And another yeah. door opens to a big creepy cave. Not as creepy as Dipper's internet history. Okay. Um, I got him. Got, <laughs> got him. 
Yeah, um, in all honesty, though, this is insane. Like, I'm sitting here looking at this, and, and again, like, for me, every turn that I saw, I was thinking, is this going to be, is, are we going to, are we going to accidentally find, like, a passage to underneath the Gravity Falls Mystery Shack? They're not that far. We don't know how far they are. You know, I keep thinking to myself, like, maybe they're just going to connect underground. Um, and, you know, we see all these, like, tubes that are all empty everywhere that looked like you know one of them was broken and they had all these things in them and uh it was like some research place you know i'm trying i didn't actually write the plot that you like you did i just wrote my ex exclamations really <laughs> no you're good that's why i'm here for this the plot part and you're here for the flavor <laughs> yeah i'm just like <laughs> looking at myself screaming i hate you mabel I'm like okay i don't know what's going on <laughs> No, well, basically, the important thing here is that as they look around, they hear a weird noise and see a big shadow. Uh, and they realize, uh-oh, this place might be dangerous. And they beg for Mabel to let them out because there's a monster. And Mabel replies, Dipper, the only monster is your inner demons. Whoa, that was pretty good, though. Deep. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> it was pretty funny. And I, I, but I, also, I, part of me is like, yo, Mabel, like, are you serious? Come on. You're in an underground I, I, bunker, and he's screaming for his life. You're hanging up. Even if he's wrong, it's worth checking here, you know? Is it really yeah. that big of a deal for you to force this kid to confess his love to a teenager? Is it that? Or is it weighing that much on your... You're terrible, Mabel. I hate you today. <laughs> but this is why I love Mabel, because she would do this, you know? Like, this oh is a character God, that is so much more Mabel concerned... Sometimes with the interest that she cannot help but invest herself in that's and awful. rather that's than the safety moral. of a potential situation it's, i don't care like that. it's not always about a moral it's about what the character would do and i think that this that's is perfectly in character for mabel and i loved it i thought it was I'm not so saying funny it's not in character i just hate it i i will say that for me the thing that is like the well i guess she makes it in pride okay fine i'll give it to you i still hate it though even so, uh, Wendy begs Dipper, just tell me whatever Mabel wants you to tell me so we can get out of here. And he still will not do it. And this is on Dipper, I think. Because you are in a life-threatening situation for both of you. And yeah, I, yes, it's stupid I that you're guess. in the situation in the first place, but what? There's what, definitely a out. part of you that's got to be like, I am not letting Mabel put me in a life or death situation just so that just so that I, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's some, because Dipper's 12 too. If Mabel will close the door, he's definitely stubborn enough not to open it. <laughs> True. Swear word number one. I, I'm tallying. <laughs> That's number one? Oh my God. I'm proud of you. You have to edit for five minutes. Cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> do your thing. I don't want to censor you. Well, I will censor <laughs> yes, you, you do. but I don't want to censor you right now. I'll censor you later. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, they're not getting out of this situation because Dipper will absolutely not tell Wendy whatever it needs to be. And he insists on finding another way out instead. But they're in luck because they see a man appear and okay. rip out when the I tongue saw of the monster. Guy, bruh, I saw this guy and I was literally like, I don't remember who this is. I was watching like, wait, what? Okay, I know this isn't the author, who is this guy? Why are we meeting someone here? I completely forgot about this whole thing. Like, did it, you? Yeah. Did you remember? Yeah, I did. No, I totally okay. forgot. Okay, um, thank God. I, I'm like, what the hell is going on? I was so concerned, dude. It was so weird. I did figure it out 
But in the moment that he got introduced, I was confused. I was like, wait, I, like what's going on here? And I, I remembered it from a literal like horror compilation from Gravity Falls, seeing it on YouTube later. That's what reminded me. Because oh. this is one of the like actually scariest scenes in the entire show, in my opinion. Sure. Well, not this very specific scene, but it's about to become. Yeah, yeah. It's yes. about to be there. One of the moments, because, I should say. Well, and like us, uh, Dipper and Wendy are like, whoa, wait, is this the author? Because Dipper had been assuming this might be the author's cave because of all of the technology and the fact that, you know, the secret passage was in the book. It makes yeah. sense. Um, it does. And they might still be right. It just happens that they're not right about this specific guy being the monster. Uh, being the author, you mean? That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he says he's been in there a long time, and Dipper starts asking him questions. Uh, and the author, or who we think may be the author, uh, says, honestly, now's not a good time for this. And I would be like, okay, that's probably true. You know, there's a monster to take care of. Uh, yeah, he plays, it, he plays it off. At first, I'm like... You know, I mean, obviously, if you're actually somebody who's been stuck underground for a long time, you're like, hey, man, I'm not really trying to tell you my life story. I'd really like to get out of here. Yeah, especially if I've been down here for a long time. Yeah, that's realistic. Uh, well, and he's he says he's gone half crazy trying to catch the creature alone. Um, that's when I, it started to key in my head. Wait. Yeah, that's when I was like, wait a minute. Is this guy's this guy's kind of sus? Yes. And meanwhile, Mabel and Seuss are exploring the surveillance room. And she does kind of see this weird container, uh, like a cryogenic freezing type yeah, container. I think like I that. said that correct. Yeah. Uh, and she presses a red button, which you always press a red button when you see it. Always. Of course. Everywhere. I hit every red button I've ever seen. And she realizes that she can keep freezing and unfreezing the container. Uh, if I'd really stopped and thought about that, I think I might have been able to figure out what was going on. I think it's actually a really nice teaser for what's about to come. True. I also would have immediately, truthfully, just thought about if it was possible to make myself freeze to the future. Walt Disney did it. <laughs> don't say, don't say that. Don't say that online. Did we, uh... He worked at Walt Disney World. You might actually believe that. No, did we, uh, ever add Walt Disney's frozen, uh, body into the cryptid, or uh, Journal 4? Have we done that oh, yet? my God. God. Okay, today's the day. How about that? Uh, really? Stay tuned. Oh my lord. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's funny. So, anyway, we are led to believe that there is this freezing machine, uh, but we don't know what it means yet. Uh, but they do, inside the surveillance room, see a note about a shapeshifter and suddenly think to themselves, whoa, maybe Dipper was actually serious. He wasn't joking about a monster. And Seuss is like, you know Dipper's jokes are terrible. What are you thinking? I thought dig that was a two. silly joke. Actually, dig like... number three if you include the inner demons. Uh, so again, I don't know if that after Dipper. As much as just the pun. But yeah, no, that was, that was, I was like, dang. Sure. And uh, then again, Dipper doesn't have most of the comedic moments in the show. Now that I think about it. It's not a, no, it's it's not actually... a totally false statement. <laughs> No, I mean, Dipper's got some protagonist syndrome going on. Uh, yeah. I, I do think that he is meant to be a more of a vessel for the other kooky characters around uh, to give their energy off of, to be honest. Yeah, Mabel definitely outshines. I do like Dipper. 
Um, and I think that he's so important for the show, but I never think about him as being one of my absolute favorite characters, though I do see myself in him and the way that he takes some things too seriously. Yeah. I cannot wait to see how all the points get divvied out. Yeah, I think Dipper is farther behind than you might expect. Yeah, uh, or maybe not. I, makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but anyway. might be the bias. We'll see. I'm interested. <laughs> sure. So as Mabel and Sousa realizing, oh, this is actually pretty serious, we do flash back to this uh, alleged author uh, who says if he had his journals back, he could manage this. And mm, Dipper being only. Dipper excitedly hands over journal three like here you go your prized possession i'm so happy to give it to you mr author sir how many times is dipper just gonna like hand that book to the first guy that validates him emotionally (laughs) wow you're right we have at least one (laughs) in each of the last two episodes and i had not been keeping track before that oh and the fbi right that's the one i mean from the last episode oh yeah so doesn't feel like it i know yeah i know um so, yeah, and this is going on. At this point, you know, oh, no, Dipper, what have you done? And Mabel and Seuss are trying to kind of run in to save them at this point. But Wendy notices this can that she found in the other room. She she made an observation. Oh, this can is fresh. And it has a picture of a guy on it. Just kind of like your, um, I don't know, guy on the cornflakes cereal box or something. He's meant to just yeah. be like an icon logo. And it's like... Oh no, the shapeshifter is maybe this guy. And he turned into this thing. And Wendy and Dipper realize it. They're like, oh no, oh, we may have made a mistake. Uh, Dipper's like, like, oh yeah, we kind of need the book back. Think we're going to go. Which is not subtle, bruh. Not a subtle take. Right. And you know, by the time his head spins around in a 360 degree circle and uh, starts transforming, I cannot, you have to go see the scene if you're listening to this, because I will not be able to verbally explain to you just how actually creepy this thing looked. Like it went all monstrous. Its face got warped. There was this like scream sound effect. Like it was actually really abrasive and I loved it. I would not be surprised if this at the time that it aired was the scariest thing that had been on a Disney-approved network. Because I think that's scarier than Black Cauldron, which was the big one that everybody lost their minds about in the 80s. Wow, you really think that this was the the scariest scene? From Disney Animation up till that point? Disney Animation Studios? I mean, it could be. I think that maybe we get scarier. I think we get scarier. I'm about that on stream sometime. I'm curious. (laughs) That would be fun. Um, I know that we've gotten a lot in Owl House. So I think Owl House has outdone it by now. Um, but Gravity Falls itself has some more coming this season that I think also... Dude, I don't know. Gravity Falls does have some really scary scenes. They might have right. the crown still. Well, I just mean that at the moment it aired, I think there's a chance that this was the scariest. Uh, again, yeah, for those in the Discord, please... Those in the Discord, if you remember some like really scary Disney scenes, tell me which ones stick out to you. I'm really curious if you think that this is outdone. Yeah, I want to know. What is the scariest... Are you including the movies then in that? I think so. I think with Disney animation, I mean, there's some old creepy Disney things that went on, but I don't think that they were ever at the level of horror movie, like 360 degree circle, like person morphs into a hideous monster. Exorcist level of actual creep factor. That's a good point. Right. So, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. I I think that this makes the episode stand out in such a beautiful way. And I immediately remembered, uh, 
you know, I, I remember being fooled the first time and then basically being fooled again. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm dang, not going <laughs> They got me again. Um, yeah, it was a good, it was a good bait. If you were even for, again, even remembering the episode a little bit, I was like, didn't see it coming until it started happening. I was like, oh, geez. Sure. And, and I will say it's not a pure red herring that, oh, we just found this random beast and he's got nothing to do with the author because he knows Correct. the author. And, and he Correct. says... That six-fingered nerd hasn't been himself in 30 years. Oh my god, I didn't notice that good one. Yes, and we have been alluding to different six-fingered references through the series. Lucas tends to always notice them, and I miss them. Uh, So we get a a confirmation that the author has six fingers, and that's, I think, the first time that they actually articulate it. Yeah, I think that might be our first. I think maybe there was circumstantial evidence that would have proved it before, but that's... That's somebody confirmably being like, I saw this guy in his prime, and that dude had six fingers. 100%. And after he says, yes. I did wonder really hard if this guy actually did know who the author was, why didn't he ever, like, transform into him? Kind of doesn't actually make sense. That's interesting. Um, Well, we don't know for sure that he never did. Um, and we also don't know what the rules of shape-shifting are for this thing. Does it nah, need dude. to be something that they saw recently? He said, if he was able to remember the dude had six fingers, I'll bet it was fresh enough in his mind to do it. Well, that's well, a good I, point. We didn't see him flash into anything he hadn't seen in a really long time. Uh, well, I will say this, though. The three creatures that he flashes into or shapeshifts into right after this are the Grem Goblin, which we saw in a recent episode, yeah. a gnome, which, of course, we've seen in a recent episode, but then it's Groot, the I Marvel character of Guardians thought... of the Galaxy. I was going to ask you that. I'm like, was that supposed to be Groot? That's a weird choice. So any theory I have about how the shapeshifting rules are supposed to work is definitely, like, thrown into left field as a result of Groot I being one I would just like to say that Gravity Falls called the future because Disney and Marvel are actually owned by the same universe now, so that's canon. I think that Marvel was... Isn't that dumb? No, Lucas, I think Marvel was actually purchased beforehand. Very similar time periods, but right around the same time. But was Guardians because... of the Galaxy made? Yeah, because the only way this makes sense, in my opinion, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy was definitely made by Disney and Marvel together. That's for sure. But the comic books existed before. So if they made a reference beforehand, I would be really surprised. If they were referencing the comic book, that would be absolutely insane to me. Okay, that was in 2009 that Disney bought Marvel. Okay, so this would have been 2011. So yeah, it would have been right around the same time period that probably Guardians was made too. So uh, that's a very funny Easter egg, I gotta say. Even if it does mess with the continuity a little bit. Oh no, Guardians of the Galaxy came out in 2014. Oh, really? Yeah. That's actually really cool then. Because they plugged a character that didn't make it into a movie until three years later. I wonder if that, you know what? I I would not put it past Disney that that was priming. I really wouldn't because I heard in an interview from a Disney uh, science coordinator that they started plugging commercials of um, like trying to get kids interested in aquatic sea life on Disney Channel like four years before Finding Nemo came out. Oh, man, I I totally believe it. That is that is manipulative levels of marketing, bro. 
I would not yeah. put it past them to be a conscious choice like that. I really wouldn't. Well, it's fascinating that they would just randomly throw in a character that wasn't in a movie yet. Again, they had a comic I mean, book present. I, I'm sure it was being written, though, at that yeah, time. No, well, I'm sure it was, but there was definitely not a big fandom of Guardians of the Galaxy until the new Marvel movies no, came out. It, there it was wasn't very a big small. Fandom, there wasn't a big fandom of aquatic sea life and children's stuff until Finding Nemo came out, but they ran it on Disney Channel for four years beforehand. Well, I'll also say there's probably a world. There, there's probably a wait. Am I wrong about the Gravity Falls timeline? Because I thought it was like 2011, and now I'm wondering maybe Gravity Falls is later than I think it is. I know, I oh no! Uh, ooh, oh, okay. It went from 2012 to 2016, so I actually oh, so do it's... think there's a s strong chance that it was actually out. So this entire argument that we had is probably null and void. It, it all depends on when season two started. August 4th, 2014, which is the same year that, that Guardians of the Galaxy oh. came out. We we found it! It was a plug! We found it! How about that promotion? <laughs> what a plug, dude. That's so funny. Okay. And I oh, love man. it. I bet that I they too. thought this, this would just be fun. And it's a great way to do this, so why not? Hey, man, if you have the IPs, I mean, hell, if you can put a Ben 10 alien in your cartoon, do it. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well... To get back to where we are, Wendy tries throwing the can at him, uh, and then she does some cool maneuvers to actually get the book back, which again is also Wendy awesome. being awesome in this episode. Um, and he shapeshifts a few more times, uh, mostly into just like generic, I shouldn't say generic, but different types of aliens. Uh, yeah. Also very scary, very cool. Um and as they run away, there is kind of a smart move from Dipper where there's a chance for them to go two different ways and he throws the flashlight down one side of the cave to get the monster to chase it and they go left. I was like, there you go, Dipper. Finally doing something right this episode. Yeah, I like I like to have that. Having those moments is really important too because we need to take Dipper seriously as like a somewhat competent protagonist that can make good decisions every once in a while. It's true. And... <laughs> Speaking of protagonists that have not been making great decisions, they run into Seuss and Mabel. Yeah. Uh, and at first, they're like, wait, how do we know for sure that you're not the shapeshifter? And it only takes like three seconds of them being aggressively themselves to realize, yeah. okay, no, you're good. And you want to know something? I, I actually thought that was such an amazingly done moment because they you really needed to create this sense of character, chemistry, and dynamic that nothing, that couldn't be fake. Like, you have not only, you've convinced an audience that these two cartoon characters are so believably real in themselves that that was the only time you needed to convince an audience and the characters believably in a few seconds that that was not an imposter. That's not easy to do. Great point. And I think it answers a question that the audience could be asking, which is, oh, come on. Like, they have to at least wonder if this could be the shapeshifter. So they address it and yeah. they do a character moment all in like four seconds. So yeah. really, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, it organically fits that amazing character moment between the two of them. I really thought. And again, that's one of my favorite things about this show is those little things. You know what I mean? It really, it is. Sure. So now our group is together, which again serves a narrative purpose, and Wendy immediately goes into game mode and says, after this thing tricked us, it's time to return the favor. And Badass moment again, dude! I'm like, oh my god, Wendy, let's go fight this monster thing. Like, where, where has this been? This is so cool. And actually, I shouldn't say where has this been, because a lot. I think her character 
being like that has been alluded at a lot throughout the series, but she hasn't given the showcase time. Because of this uh, other sh- plot line that we need to wrap up. Sorry, I swore again. Uh, thank you for at least telling me so that I can mark the timestamp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I love you, man. Just so say. On, on to the plot line that I just described as poopy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. Now everyone knows what the swear word was. Censoring doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything it's true the <laughs> you're killing me <laughs> i'm See, sorry I, when i said i love you bro it wasn't just to have a nice brotherly moment it was to stall so that i could try to get myself back on track <laughs> but then you went for poopy and i lost it again so <laughs> i saw your moment i took advantage of it so you flop fair enough well we get to the next scene where we're about to get our battle and the shapeshifter calls for dipper to reveal himself so him and mabel emerge again he might even step up the creep factor here tell me what you think where he turns into an atrocity version of dipper and mabel put together that was so so creepy that was in a commercial also for a time that scene was in a disney channel commercial i remember seeing it when i was a kid whoa I'm like, wow, you're just going for it. I love it. Please, more. Good for them. And I bet it got people to watch. Yep. Um, so Dipper and Mabel run away. And they obviously have tried to bait this creature to where Susan and Wendy are trying to open this water vein. Uh, Dipper almost gets attacked. Wendy saves him in epic fashion. And when the water finally bursts when Seuss gets it open. The monster is washed away, but Wendy goes with it. And Dipper gets to her, and she seems like she's pretty hurt, if not dead. Yeah, dude. It's like, they show her body, like, hit a pipe, and she does the gasp for air and passes out underwater. And it's like, that, I, I, that looked, even again, as an adult who watches a lot of anime, like, I'm like, that, that probably made a lot of kids feel very intense. Like, that was not a chill moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, absolutely. And they do a nice job. They give you this moment where it's like, oh my gosh, this seems pretty real. And I actually think that this is a decent moment for this, oh, Wendy, I love you thing to come out. Because it at least feels organic and a little bit less forced because he thinks she's probably, like, dead. Yeah. You know, I actually do give a little credit. I I didn't think about it like that, but now that you're mentioning it, like at least it came out in a way where it's like, okay, if you had a little crush on someone and you were looking at their dead body, yeah, you'd probably confess your love to them. Cause why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that that was kind of believable. There's a part of me that's still like, I just wish this hadn't existed in the first place. And I can't help but think about that, but you're right. That was a believable blurt. If you're going to do it at some point. But ultimately, it's not actually Wendy on the ground. She actually hears him say Which that he's in love so with her. Which was so cursed, man. And, and like, even amidst everything going on, she doesn't, she say something just like, dude. Or like, like, something yeah. like that. Like, along the lines of like, bruh. Yeah, just Dipper. Uh... And he realizes, so bad, oh, I, I got tricks. This is a shapeshifter on the ground. The real And Wendy then he doesn't have me. time to emotionally rebound either for that big mess up because he's like, oh, wait. Oh, no. Still real situation. One moment before we address this again. Yeah, Dipper's actually like, actually, could you go back to being dead? Whoa. <laughs> at least this plot yeah. line, please. No, I'm just kidding. Or at least he wishes that he were. Uh, and... Yeah. 
Anyhow, uh, the shapeshifter, Wendy, and the real Wendy start fighting each other. Uh, and Dipper starts to lose track of who's who. He asks Classic. for a sign. And uh, this is a bit tropey, I gotta say. Um, where yeah, the fake tropey. one winks at him and he's like, well, I know that she would never do that to me because she doesn't really love me. And the real one oh, does no. kind, of, kind of like the zip up mouth and drops she the key. doesn't really love me. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, oh, that's how I know, because that's the signal that we really use as friends. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's sort of how we figure it out. So actually, I, Dipper does take a bold move, though. I wouldn't be so sure that I'd be willing to just whack an axe into the Wendy that I thought was fake, just in case. I, yeah, and he definitely, like, threw a little bit of dice on that one. Could you imagine? <gasps> oh, my God. But I will say, even just the, even just seeing this 12-year-old swing an axe into, like, a realistic human monster. I was like, whoa. Okay, Gravity Falls. That was kind of, that was kind of brutal. I love it. True. And it was almost as hard to watch as the, uh, the plotline that ensued thereafter. Uh, well, okay. Let, let's move the plot forward so that we can get there. Uh, so ultimately, they are able to push this shapeshifter back into the cryogenic freezer, and Mabel presses the button from the surveillance room. Uh, in order to get this thing frozen. But as he is panicking, he sort of flips a switch a little bit in his head and is like, no, I'm going to take this moment to let you know that you're screwed, kid. That your life is going to be horrible. And it basically, I think he says something like, uh, you're never going to find the author and this is the last form you'll ever take. So he shapeshifts into Dipper screaming before he gets frozen. Which is so... So creative. That's such a great moment. Like, I don't know if that's like, was, you know, a lot of great things were taken from other science fiction works, but having seen a lot, I don't recognize that from anything. That's just a badass flex that seems super creative and original to me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I'm going to get frozen forever. Okay. I'm going to make myself look like you in agony. Like, oh my God, what a flex, dude. Way to go out. Totally. And Seuss is like, oh, good luck sleeping tonight. Yeah, which was a great line. <laughs> that was a good one. And also, it does break up the tension with a comedic moment in a very expertly done way, which is needed for the show, you know? For like, sure. Because it's not trying to be like that hardcore. It like, it needs the comedic levity for it to work for its own identity. You know what I mean? Like, it would be too heavy handed if this scene did not have a joke like that. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, and I, I'll also say that um, there's a little bit of continuity with this uh, in Journal 3, like the actual physical version. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, uh, but it does say in there, Dipper is writing, dang, Seuss was right. Like, I can't stop having nightmares about myself, like, freezing. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, so it totally man. traumatized him, and that's fun. Yo, PTSD. Poor Dipper. Man, I, I want to see, like, a Gravity Falls future. Oh, wait, you haven't seen Steven Universe future. But Steven Universe Future kind of deals with, like, the emotional fallout of the first season a little bit, which is really cool. My feeling is that Alex Hirsch would not do more Gravity Falls if Disney asked him to at this point. Because they already did. No, no, I don't actually want that. I really don't. I'm, I am I think that a good show should be left as a good show. I think that's a smart yeah. choice for the creator. Um that being said, I remember when I heard Adventure Time Distant Lands was released and I'm like, no, I don't want it. Don't ruin my sacred thing. And it was probably some of the best animation I've ever seen and enjoyed it more than I've enjoyed anything ever. So, you know, oh. every once in a while, good stuff comes out. So Sure, sure. Uh, that's actually really cool to know. Um, So 
ultimately they all leave. Uh, they, I guess have a little bit more information cause they found this place, but they're maybe feeling like they didn't get as much out of it as they wanted. But even so after Mabel and Seuss take off, Dipper and Wendy have their moment. Uh, she says she's kind of known for a while, but basically she's too old for him. Uh, so check this out. I thought that this was so believable for such a long time. I enjoyed how this was being handled for a minute. Like, I'm like, yeah, of course she knows. And I think the way that she's telling him and being like, come on, man. Like, yeah, I'm like, that's a really mature way to handle this situation. Honestly, like kudos. I was thinking like, was I was thinking kudos to Wendy for doing it like this and like, not only letting him down easy, but also being like, dude, come on. You know that this is like kind of weird, right? You know what I, she even says like, you know, I'm too old for you, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and she says it in a very, like, I'm trying to be your homie and be honest with you thing. And I believe every second of that. I'm like, that's awesome. And then at the end, she's like, all right, I'll see you at your house for movie night, kiddo. I'm like, get, what are you doing? Why did you just backtrack that whole thing you just said? Why would you tease this kid after clearly establishing that you know that that all of this has been happening why would you like the first thing you should do is like maybe we should just like hang maybe like movie night isn't the move literally a million other choices you know what i mean like i just thought that that was like the weirdest way to completely backtrack what was almost a really well handled scene you know what i mean yeah well to be honest with you i think it comes down to a narrative purpose and that's that we need wendy in the show for another 18 episodes and they kind of have to find a way for them to still be friends so that they can still do things together non-awkwardly and not spend more time on it um but they shouldn't i mean that i i i will because again they were doing it fine they were doing yeah. it fine they didn't need wendy to just like flirt with him at the end of it <laughs> it was a bad you know? lesson. i mean i think it's rough because you you don't want to like send the message that oh hey everybody like when something like this happens you can totally just move on and be friends because usually there is some awkwardness uh, yeah dude like it, from my experience i would have literally never talked to that human being again if i was in middle if i was a 12 year old i would have never talked to that person are you kidding me i'm not mature enough to like no dude i would have never spoken to that person for the rest of my life come on right would I you have no, well, I mean, I think that you always want to believe that you would, right? And I think sure. even when relationship, even when actual relationships end, you want to be like, oh yeah, like we can totally like be friends because it it softens the blow. It makes you feel a little bit more at peace with what happened. But then when you really get down to it, it doesn't work that way. So I yeah, I think yeah. that the re I don't think that we needed the resolution of oh like let's try to be friends but I think that they wanted to make the audience feel comfortable and they wanted to explain how Dipper and Wendy are able to continue going forward as friends later in the show the thing the th for me I thought that like they could have even been like like hey man we could still be friends and and maybe even just like leave it at that but it was it was literally the extra like I'll go to your house next weekend and we'll watch movies together. It's just that one step too far for me that yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's the double not, down. Yeah, it's like you 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 just because for me it's like you're trying to establish that this needs room to breathe and die, and then that one line just made it feel like you're not actually committing to doing that, and it, it makes the audience question, okay, is this just are you going to drag this out more? Are we just going to come back to it again? Please tell me we're not, this isn't going to keep happening. Please tell me they're actually over at this time, which I'm pretty sure they are actually, to be fair. 
but like because it doesn't make it feel that way it kind of ruins the feeling of the resolution for me but you know what i've never liked this plot line so they weren't going to make me happy with it anyway so you know what who are there who who cares about my criticism you know (laughs) i love your criticism because this is also our narrative way to wrap up your feelings about the dipper wendy dynamic and i think that you've done a fantastic job (laughs) my i had my arc everyone That's well, let's before we uh, call it too soon, let's also not forget that Mabel shows up and basically is like, oh, yeah, I knew it wasn't going to work. So I already brought you a list of potential rebound crushes. Which is how do you feel move. about that? That's a it's homie a homie move. move. Yeah. OK, yeah, I think that's a homie. I mean, if, I mean, if you know, your if your homie breaks up with some, or if you're not even not breaks up, but if your own homie like is heart aching. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't. I don't necessarily think rebounding is like. I'm not. I don't know enough about relationship philosophy to say rebounding is like. Oh yeah, that's a healthy move. Like, go get your friends some rebound dates, you know. But like, I think at least the intention of it being like a nice way to support them emotionally is there, you know. That's true, and I do think that that's kind of our takeaway with Mabel. Again, we talked about it in the beginning, so I won't harp on it too long, but hey, I'm just trying to get you to have some resolution here, and when the resolution doesn't go well, I'm going to be here by your side so that we can work on it together. And I think that, as a core, is good. Yeah, I think the only... Everything felt very believable, too. I thought all the characters acted as the characters would, except for, again, just that one bit at the very end where Wendy strings Dipper along, and that's how I felt. Again, maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's that's the only thing where I was just like, man, why did you have to say that? <laughs> sure. Well, Lucas, I'm going to give you a chance to wrap up your narrative arc now as we move past the Dipper-Wendy plot line, and we go to Seuss showing up with the lab coat that he got from the surveillance room, which has a briefcase in it. But it turns out this briefcase is a laptop. Uh, And this makes us feel like, oh, wow, this entire episode was majorly for a reason because we got a really important clue here. Yeah, you know, and even just thinking about it in context, I'll bet there were so many little things in that laboratory that were in there, like Easter eggs and notices. And I, I... you know, I don't think I got any of them this time. I need to rewatch it. Sure. Uh, and I should also mention that we zoom in on the laptop and it says property of F. Yeah. the letter F. Uh, all right. So journal three. Oh, wait, should we do our points first? Uh, no, because this is especially relevant. Um, oh, because okay, it's, it, it's it. talking about the laptop, uh, which has property of F. So just a couple little things. Um, Sue says this thing is really old, like super old, 1980s old. So archaic. Uh, and Whoa. this is what's interesting to me. There are some unique keys with weird symbols. Uh, are they in code? Magical? Aliens? So he doesn't know what they are, but I think the fact that there's weird symbols on the keys is very interesting to me. Um, and, and I would say that that's pretty much the only big thing that we get from the journal that we didn't already see. But interesting. Cool. I like that. But yeah, tell me about your points. Okay, so I was so ready to give Wendy two points until that last scene, and it just ruined it for me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not validating this plot line. I'm not giving any of the main characters. Yeah, I didn't give anyone. You want to know? And I'm actually really happy. Excuse me. I'm really happy with how this ended up going. Um, So I gave one point to the monster, actually. Because I thought this monster was sick. This trans, this shapeshifter was actually really cool, really scary design, genuinely intimidating, super fun villain. We've had a uh, protagonist be the, the guy in the past, and I thought this was an exceptionally well-designed one. 
Um, so I, I was here for the shapeshifter being, especially with the way it went out, freezing into Dipper's, you know, screaming body. That's so cool. Um, so I gave that one a point because it actually left such a huge impression on me. And then I actually gave two points to the author. Whoa. Okay. I'm fascinated to hear what you're going to say. Because the author for me was the reason why I was really on the edge of my seat this whole episode. Because this author being teased and the author's presence being around and them having been working in this laboratory, the entire episode was just a, a field day to explore subtle things about the author. And this is the first super author-like environment we've really been in too and it's really exciting to see that in season two episode two it's a hot way to start a season and i was like you know we are gonna i'm like spoilers we won't say but we will have the author revealed later and i know that they probably are gonna get points later and i'm like why shouldn't i just give them some now wow only you would give points to a character who made zero appearances in the episode you know, I'm not, their, their presence is so prevalent, though, you know? I love it. I know I love the creativity behind the choice. I definitely didn't go that route because I need to at least have a character on my screen to give them points, I think. But, you know, listen, we you know, love the out-of-the-box thing. They don't get enough screen time, so their, their influence needs more points. Oh, okay. I actually think that's fair because as the season progresses, assuming we meet the author, those of you who are spoiler-free, uh, <laughs> that uh, it's going to be important to try to make sure that they have enough chances to get those points. That's interesting. Um, I also give a point to the shapeshifter. Same reasoning. Thought it was a great villain. And sorry to do the predictable thing, but I did give my two points to Wendy because, sure, there was that one moment at the end, but come on. Like, Wendy doesn't get enough credit on the show as it is, and I think that this was such a good episode for her almost all the way through that she was the highlight of the episode. She did the most cool things. I'm not going to overthink it. Wendy gets my two points. I think that's a respectable choice. I, I, I really just could not balance. Because that one plot line genuinely is something... Like, I love Gravity Falls so much, so to see anything I don't like in it hurts me so much more. I can't do it. Sure. I... So, Lucas, uh, let's get back to what we talked about earlier and possibly include Walt Disney's frozen body into Journal 4. We need to actually do shapeshifters and skinwalkers, though. I know. You know I, that's what skinwalkers are, right? Uh, yeah, so I know that it comes from Native American legend, and it's yep, kind of it's an Navajo early right, early idea of um, shapeshifters. It is, I, maybe you know more about it than me. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, theoretically, or based on the lore that I know, not that I'm nearly... I talk about cartoons on the internet, so don't check me on my anthropological knowledge. But um, from what I understand, it's a, a thing in Navajo culture where it's like a witch or a shaman um, can sort of shapeshift themselves into different animals and kind of... Yeah, they tend to do some nefarious dark magic when it comes to shapeshifting. That's kind of like Neat. the core of it in Navajo culture. Sure. As I was researching this, um, I didn't see it as a thing that maybe has a ton of attention as like a cryptid that people say that they've seen. Uh, but I do think that when you're getting into old legends like this, that is always very interesting to me because these legends didn't come from nowhere and they were at a time before we might've been able to catalog a lot of this stuff. Um, do I think that something like this is around right now? I think that would be a stretch. 
Um, you, you don't but, think there's any magic out there that could shapeshift people? Uh, you know, I'd have to raise my skeptical hat a little bit. Why? Do, yeah. do you think that maybe there is? You know, seen a lot of weird stuff, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think there might. I wouldn't be completely thrown off by it. I've seen weirder things than that. Than somebody just having shape-shifting abilities. All right. Um, I I think that like the chances of it being like a multi or like a parallel. Dim- I think the chances of a human pulling it off are way lower. But the chances of like a being out there that could shape shift and blend in, I feel like that's not that far fetched. I guess that's true. If we're trying to suspend our disbelief that aliens could be a thing, this is the type type of thing that you could imagine maybe existing yeah. from an alien culture. All you need is one species that can do it. It's interesting. Um, there's also, uh, I, I recommend people look up Skinwalker Ranch if you're curious. Um, yeah, I forgot it, what it, that is actually. Well, to be honest, it actually doesn't really deal with skinwalkers or shapeshifters or uh, however it's listed. Oh. They really call that as a brand name to be like, oh, this is a place where a lot of weird stuff happens. But it's oh, not okay. really about that. Um, oh, weird. But, but there is like basically this ranch where a lot of really weird stuff uh, allegedly happened and it's very fun to look through it's more like alien type activity um okay. but fun little research for those of you who are curious i like um, it i think i think shape-shifting is on the table for me though are we given numbers out of 10 yeah i would say i would say the chances of a human being able to pull it off now i feel like is lower Probably like a human being able to pull it off. I'd say like five out of 10, four out of 10. But like okay. in general, the chances of a shape-shifting being being out there and having been on earth at some point, I'd say nine out of 10. Whoa. See, again, uh, I just can't ever go that high for something like this. Uh, it's going to be- I've a... been pretty high for stuff like that. <laughs> it's going to be like a two for me. And I'm not going to go much higher than that. Oh, <laughs> I didn't talk you into it. Nah. Oh, bro. You got to see some crazier stuff. I guess so. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the Walt Disney thing just very, very quickly so that we can wrap this up. I think there's actually a chance that we maybe did induct this already. Weirdly, I have like a slight memory. I don't know. It's been long enough. I'm happy to talk about it again, though. Um, I was about to say, you're not actually going to say that that's more likely than something shape-shifting, are you? Unfortunately, because I've been so well studied on the history of the Walt Disney Company... I absolutely cannot, no. Um, But I do think that the myth is very funny to me and worth explaining. And that's that Walt Disney, being the eccentric guy that he was, may have cryogenically frozen himself to be brought back and that his body is underneath Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland. I think it's such Oh, I didn't know that part. Why is that detail thrown in there? That's awesome. Sorry. All right. I think that's (laughs) four or five. Uh, I don't know. So... (laughs) Yeah, I, that's so. Cool. I think I hope that's true. It's not. I mean, it's one of those urban legends that is very yeah. fun for me to like share. But I, yeah. I don't believe for a sec. You know, again, I I've researched Disney history maybe more than any other kind of history out there. Bro. Um, and Honestly, I'm just it, for me, yeah. it's the conspiracy theorists jumping out of their chair to like fake coroner reports. Those are the people that like. Those are the people that keep me going every day. <laughs> Well, you know what keeps me going every day, Lucas? This show. Uh, I have such a good time with you every time that we get together and record anything. Um, 
So, oh, man, that was such a good transition, and I forgot to share the cipher. Um, <laughs> so close. There is two, two ciphers that show up in the episode. One is one of the barrels in the bunker has shifter, and the page section revealed at the end of the episode translates to improper use of machinery could lead to other catastrophe, which is different than the end credit scene, um, which just shares what kind of disaster indeed. How did you like the post credit scene? Oh, that's right. We didn't talk about that. I really, I, I love, the thing I didn't like about it was Dipper saying, can we never watch this channel ever again? Because I'm like, what? What? How's that your conclusion? These are great. What? Who doesn't want to see Teen Wolf Vampire the Third? Come on. <laughs> well, I'm going to share the titles because I just thought they were so funny. Uh, we got The Wittlest Vampire, which I think maybe yeah. was Gideon looking. Uh, oh, no. The Planet People of Planet Planet. Yo, that that sounds like a real one. Like, that sounds like a real one. I honestly think that a lot of them do. Help, my mummy's a werewolf. Sounds real. That, that uh, one definitely least, could be real. That one probably uh, is real, actually. Attack of the exclamation points. Actually sounds like it could be a really cool concept for a B-movie. That sounds really dumb, but... I, I don't know if that one sounds real. That just sounds like a joke. Attack well, of the exclamation... <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> it sounds like a joke, but I could totally see something like that being a fun, campy movie. Um, I guess, you know what? I could see anything these days. I just said that skinwalkers are possibly real. Dude, Cocaine Bear is about to be a real movie that makes theatrical, like... I, you know, just because of, of the premise, too, it's probably going to be one of the actual top-grossing movies of the, of the year. I'm serious. I really believe that. See, if Cocaine Bear can be a thing, so can Ghost Turtle, which is also on this list. Nah, we have a good ton of ghosts already. People don't have enough drugs in their life, apparently. Boy, we're off the rail. For those of you who stick around for the entire hour and 11 minutes, you get Lucas's deliriousness. Uh, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Um, we got The Man With No Taste. I thought that was the most boring of the titles, because it just looked like a boring white man. Oh, it reminds uh, me of the... I think it's a play on uh, The Man Who... The man, who knew oh, man, too much a... yes i think that's it i mean i appreciate the reference because that is yeah. uh you know fun old horror movie uh and last help my mummy's a werewolf too this again again could totally <laughs> be real well fun. maybe maybe not this again could be real but the rest of it yes i believe it most of them are very real all right lucas well if those are b movies then maybe this is a b podcast maybe it's an a podcast Oh, wait, is A good or is that even worse? What, what is the a scale? Is an E-movie good? Uh, you're right. I guess we operate on tier lists now so much in the modern day. Science B, 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 I think C-list movie is like really bad. Like C-list is like an afterthought film. B-list is like can't be bad, but you'll still watch it because it's fun. A-list is probably like just good, a good movie. I th okay, I think that that's probably the way that it goes. Because in Disney World or Disneyland back in the day... E-Ticket yeah. was the best ride, and A-Ticket was considered the one that the least people wanted to go on. So, What? It's Yeah, I, I don't e, know. So e I guess I, A? Yeah, E is the best, and A is the worst. That's old Disneyland ticket style. Were there, like, did they go from, like, do the other letters matter? Was it vowels that we were going with instead? You know, I don't know. Maybe we should break into Pirates of the Caribbean and ask Walt it's Disney's frozen why. body. There we go. That's what we should do. I think that we both said 
ridiculous things at the same time. Everybody, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by, by... Let's try that again. This podcast is brought to you by the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network, which has many other rewatches of shows and movies on the Brazilian Dragon feed and the Dragon Babies feed, where you can find this podcast, among others. And you can find more of Lou and I by watching Jester Brothers Cartoon Theater on YouTube. Um, definitely go to our description for the social media links and that Discord I keep mentioning. Lots of cartoon fans, not just Gravity Bros, not just Gravity Falls, but lots of others. Uh, and please leave us some five-star iTunes reviews. I promised that I would read them this episode, and I totally didn't. So hopefully next time. And <laughs> thank you, Tessa Scarborough, for our cover art. We will see y'all next week. Happy oh slurping. Just read like one. <laughs> Should I read should, what? I, I feel like I want to give those people the the limelight. I want to give get a, okay, the beginning right, of the right. podcast. You it, know? It's more fair to everyone to, to hear it early. That's why we're making that choice. Trust us. True. Trust the process. All right. Bye, everyone. Later. <laughs>